I do just want to kind of briefly continue our series as well today. Uh, you know, we've been in this series, The Word of God. This is now week 14 now, as we have been kind of talking through Scripture and the story of Scripture and what it looks like to, to see kind of the main themes and the pieces of Scripture I, as, we, as we go. I just noticed, uh, yeah, so I didn't recognize the mask. Uh, so, uh, hi, yeah. Um, you know, uh, to, to kind of see the main pieces and themes of Scripture is, uh, is just, I think, so important as, you know, as we, we go through and really springboard off of our GROW initiative for this year, which was to, to learn and follow Scripture both personally and in community. You know, as we've done that together, I think it's been just a really fun journey. Uh, you know, we've been, uh, we've been just kind of striving to go through all of Scripture over the last few months, and we've still got couple weeks left probably, but uh, you know, we've gone from Genesis, perfect creation, uh, to sin and that perfect creation kind of being torn and broken. Uh, we've gone from, and then from that point, we've been on kind of this journey from there back to the perfect creation that happens once again in the book of Revelation in the very end. Things go back to the way that they were created to be. Right, God is, is there with us. He is the, the tree of life is once again available, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. That's Revelation. Such a powerful image of kind of just this, this thing, the way things were supposed to be is now the way they are again in the end. So how do we get from there, from here to there, right? Well, it started with Abraham, and it went through Moses and Joshua and David in the Old Testament. We saw the kingdom of God established in the Old Testament. We see God's desire to just be with his people in the Old Testament, and we see all of that in Jesus in the New Testament. We see God's desire to be with his people as Jesus is physically with his people. We see the kingdom of God once again established in Jesus, but then Jesus leaves, Jesus is, is gone, and he leaves the church, which we talked about last week, this church, which is there to kind of carry on the mission that he was here to do. And, but we see as we continue to read Scripture, and as you will continue to read the Scripture, that the church is not just kind of this, this group of people who, who all believe the same thing. They all believe the same thing, but they are, they are on a mission, There is something that the church is up to in the New Testament, and that doesn't stop even today, right? The church is up to something, and so, you know, what is the church up to? What, what, what do we do? What is the church up to? Well, there's a, there's a passage in the book of Matthew chapter 28, which is kind of the, the, the last instructions of Jesus in the book of Matthew. We call it the Great Commission, uh, you know, this literally the last words in the book of Matthew, not even just there's there's like no follow up. There's no disciples questions. There's none of that. It's just this is how the book ends in the book of Matthew. And I want to just just read that this morning because I think it gives us a little insight into the mission that the church went on. Uh, and we know that they were successful because we're sitting here in church right now. Right. They, these these disciples were successful in this mission. And so what was the mission that they were sent on? Well, Let's read. Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, uh, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted, which I always think is so fascinating that Matthew puts in there, right? It's the eleven disciples. Remember, if you were going to think one doubted, it would have been maybe Judas, who was the one that's missing at this point, right? Uh, But they went and they they were there where they told them to go. And yet they still some doubt it. I just always find that pretty fascinating. 
Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Again, this is how Matthew closes his book. There is no follow-up here. There is nothing else. It's just, this is it. All right, this is the mission. This is, this now just, let's let the words of Jesus be the last thing here for Matthew. He just says, go, and then it's over. The expectation is that the church would go, and the disciples would go. Yeah, I want to just notice a couple things, three things about this passage here, the Great Commission. Just as, I think the very first thing that we need to notice is that Jesus is the one, Jesus says that he has the authority. Jesus has the authority. Now, and I want to just, just notice this. This is something that we have seen all in Scripture already. That we, can, we can agree. Jesus has the authority. All, all authority has been given to me. Amen. We see that in the Gospels, right? We see that Jesus has the authority over all kinds of stuff. We see that he has the authority over disease. So many blind men and lepers and, and even Lazarus being raised back from the dead, right? We see that Jesus has the authority over disease, we see that Jesus also has the authority over demons. This is actually when you see the word authority used for Jesus is the most common way because he's exercising his authority over the demons. He's, he's freeing people of demons. Remember the, the man Legion who had uh, a legion of demons inside of him, right? Uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus sends those demons into the pigs. They run off the cliff, right? Jesus has the power and the authority over demons. He has the authority over sin. Right? We see in, uh, in the Gospels this, this picture of these friends who lower their friend who is paralyzed through a roof to be in front of Jesus. And the very first thing that Jesus does is he says, your sins are forgiven. And then all of the people, that didn't go over very well, by the way, because all the people around him, the teachers and the Pharisees, they were sitting there like, who, who has the authority to forgive sin but God himself? And then Jesus, knowing what they're saying in their hearts, says, which is harder, to forgive sins or to heal this man? But so that you know that I have the authority, <laughs> get up and walk. And so he does, right? We, we, have this, we have stories of Jesus' authority over disease and demons and sin and over nature too, right? We see Jesus calming the storm. We see him uh, multiplying bread and loaves. We see Jesus having authority over nature in the Gospels. This is kind of a, a universal authority that Jesus has, really, if you think about it. Like he has authority over everything. And so when Jesus says in this passage, I have the authority, we can say, yeah, absolutely, Jesus, you have the authority. And his disciples, after seeing all of this in his ministry, probably saying, yeah, like we, we get it. You have the authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Yes, amen to that. You have the authority. But I want us to notice this. This isn't just kind of a, an authoritative kind of authority, right? This isn't kind of a dictatorship that Jesus is running here. It's not... I have the authority, so you go, right? And I know that's not the case because of how this passage ends, right? There's bookends to this here, right? It begins with all authority in heaven that's been given to me. What's the very last thing that Jesus says here? And surely I'm going with you. 
I will be with you to the very end of the age. Now, I think, honestly, the, the book of Matthew, this, this passage should be written a little differently, right? It should say, uh, you know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so let's go. Not so just go, because we know that Jesus is going with them. Jesus, remember, this is what we've been talking about the whole time. The presence of God is going with us, right? The presence of God is not gone. Just because Jesus, uh, right after this, in the book of Acts, right, we see that Jesus kind of just, just starts ascending into heaven. <laughs> and so well, we see this, like Jesus' presence is not, Jesus, while he is not physically here, the presence of God is still here. And he is with his people. He is with the disciples. And he is with us as believers. All right, see, I want you to see that this authority is not used in kind of a dictatorship kind of way. It's not just, look, I have the authority, so go. It's, look, I have the authority, and I'm going with you. So let's go. I think this is, this is huge because as we read, the mission that, that the church goes on is kind of an impossible mission. All right, this is a mission that, that really, under our own power, under the church's own power, under the disciples' own power, there's no way that we should be sitting here today. But because God had the authority, Jesus had the authority, and God went with them, and God goes with us, this mission is now possible again. All right, this, this, I think we see this in, in, in the scripture as we continue to go on, right? but I want you to see this. Because Jesus has the authority and he's going with us, we know that we will absolutely be successful in this mission. This is kind of the third part. right? We see this first part, that Jesus has the authority. The second part is that he's going with us. This third part is that Jesus is going with us and sending us on this mission. Well, what is this mission? This mission is, first of all, to go. Go. Make disciples. But this first part, go. What does that mean? It just means to go. Go. Get off your tailbone and go. Right? That's, that's, what, that's what this word means. Go means go. This isn't opposite day. Go means go. Uh, and, you know, this is just what it is. Right? We, we're told to go. And we're told to go do what? To make disciples. To make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. We're told to go and to make disciples. How do we do that? We go and we, we baptize them, we teach them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. Remember what we talked about last week. This, this right here is the apostles' teaching. I remember when, when we read in Acts chapter 2 that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread into prayer. This is the apostles' teaching. This is what Jesus taught. And, and we teach the same things that they teach. We're talking about the same things that they were talking about. When we go and we baptize and we teach them to obey everything that he has commanded them, right, we, we, we teach the same thing. Go, make disciples of all nations. Part of making disciples is going and training, going and, and introducing people to Jesus, inviting them into the family of God, the people of God, and, and walking with them as they give their life to Jesus. Right, go make disciples. Baptize them. There's a new identity that happens in baptism. Go make disciples. Baptize them and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. We have this mission. And I know that it seems impossible. I know it seems out there, but that's why 
I think it's so important that we understand that Jesus is the one with the authority and he is with us. And so as we continue on this mission, what we see is that this is not an impossible mission at all. This is, in fact, mission possible because Jesus, Jesus is there. Jesus is with us, and we have his authority. You know, here's, here's the amazing thing, I think, as I think about this, and I think about this in terms of the entirety of Scripture. What we see in the Great Commission is just a glimpse of God's heart for the nations. When I say nations, I'm not meaning countries. I'm talking about just people groups and people everywhere. We see God's heart for the people everywhere. I mean, and this is not just a, a New Testament thing. This is an Old Testament thing as well. In fact, Psalm 67, if you want to go there, one of my favorite psalms, when I'm thinking about kind of God's heart for the nations, for the people, uh, you know, I think this, this psalm just really sums it up. Psalm 67, it's a short one, we'll just read it. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples with equity. You guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. This is the whole thing. That's the whole psalm right there. I want to just just kind of break this down for a second. Just this this first part. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. In the original transcripts, there is a word there that is not in our English translations a lot of times. Some, Some they've put it in there. It's the word selah, which just means pause. We don't actually know exactly what it means, but this is what we're, we're assuming it means. People way smarter than me have said this is what this means. Uh, you know, Selah, just, just let this soak in. Just let this be. Let this, let, just, just let what, what we have just said, just kind of let it wash over you and just pause. And I want you to just, just see this for a second. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Selah. Yeah, this gives me goosebumps almost. Just like, just, this, this, let that wash over you. May God be gracious to you and bless you. And again, when I'm talking about blessing, I'm not talking about prosperity. There's blessing in this sense is so much deeper than just prosperity. <laughs> May God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine on you. Just let that soak. But I want you to notice here, there's, there's a pause there but it's not a period. There is a, there's a purpose for this. May God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face shine on us, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. There's this, there's this purpose here, this underlying purpose here that, that, there is a, that, that God would bless us so that all the people would be praised. 
Right, verse 3 and 5 are the same verse. Right? May all the peoples praise you, God. May all the people praise you. What this is saying is this, this word people there is literally kind of the word that we know as ethnic groups. Right? This, this, basically, this, these people who share a language, share a tongue, this is, who, this is who we're talking about. May everyone praise you. Remember we were talking last week about Gentiles and how Gentiles is kind of the catch-all word for everyone else? This is kind of the word in the Old Testament that we see here that's kind of that catch-all word for everyone else. May all the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. May everyone everywhere praise you. May God, our God, bless us and be, continue to be gracious to us so that the world would know, so that the people would praise you, so that everyone everywhere would know the name and the glory of God. I mean, this is, this is what the Scripture is talking about here and this really is not just in the psalm and then in the new testament like this is we've seen this everywhere so far even in this series go back to genesis chapter 12 with me god tells abraham i will bless you and you will be a blessing all nations on earth will be blessed through you that's genesis 12 right you go you go forward in our story and you see kind of deuteronomy even the law was meant for this. You see in Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, verse 5 through 8. Yeah, verse, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. And basically it's saying like, look, when all the nations look at you and they see this law, what they are going to say is, what other nation is so close to their God? Right, we see that this, this whole purpose of the nations seeing it and understanding. You get to the book of Joshua and you see this phrase, only God could have done this. You get to the book of Daniel and we get this phrase, only their God could have done this, right? We get to the King, King Solomon. We talked about King Solomon and his dedication of the temple uh, and, and it just, just knowing. And this is this, remember King Solomon's prayer at the end of dedicating the temple. He said something like this. God, when the nations come in and they come to this place and they pray to you, would you answer their prayer so that they might know that, that you are real and that you love them? Right, this is King Solomon as he's dedicating the temple. What is the purpose of that? The purpose is still that all the nations would know. Right, you get even forward just a little bit more. Ezekiel, book of Ezekiel. I think we've read this before in our in our series as well, Ezekiel chapter 36, uh, God is talking to the Israelites here, and he says, therefore say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says, it is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you've gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. You catch that? The nations will know that I am the Lord when I am proved holy through you, through the people of God, through now in New Testament, the church. The nations will know. You get to our passage this morning. Go Make disciples of all nations. You get even later on in the New Testament, Second Peter, we see that God's desire for the world is that all would come to repentance. That word all there means all. That all would come to repentance. Right? Just, just think about this. God's desire is that all nations would come to him. And God does this through his people, the church. God 
blesses his people. God moves in and through his people so that the world may know. I don't think it's any, I don't think it's any uh, coincidence here that you get to in the book of John where it says, you know, uh, love one another. The world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It is through God's movement in and through the church that the nations come to know God. And as we read the New Testament, we see that that is the mission the church is undertaking. This is it. This is the mission. Go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. All right, this, is, this is the mission. Why? So that the world would know. That the world might know. That the nations might know. All the people groups might know that this is who God is. That he is real and that he loves them. This is the mission of the church. And as you read through the New Testament, you see letters by Paul and a few others that are written to the church. And what happens is you see that this, these churches, even though they're not perfect, which we can take some encouragement in that, even the early churches were not perfect. There's, they, they always say if you find a perfect church, you should leave because you'll ruin it. Uh, you know, there, there are no perfect churches, right? Uh, the early church was, was no different. Amen. There, was no early, there was no perfect early churches, but here's the, the constant. Those early churches were set on fulfilling this mission. They were set on doing what Jesus had called them to do, to go and to make disciples of all nations. You read the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. The book of Acts, you see a church planted, and then from that church, two or three more churches are planted. And then you see from those churches, even more churches are planted, and people are sent out, and the gospel just continues to just just blow and spread because the people of God are doing what God had called them to do, to go to the nations. Go to the nations. Go to all the people that all the people would know that I am real, that I love them. I mean, this is, this is the mission. And we see that throughout the New Testament as you continue to read. I want you to just, just look for that. Look for that. We've, we've, we're almost done with the series. <laughs> and so I want you to just, as we, as we continue to read, just, just think through some of these pieces that we've seen even in the New Testament. That look, look at how Jesus is establishing his kingdom. Look at how Jesus is, is just kind of continuing this. And, and he pushes the church out and says, go. And the church does. And then we get to Revelation 22. And all things are back to where they should be. What happens in the middle? We're successful in this mission that God sent us on. We know the end of the story. We know that we're successful. We know that we can do this. If, if just reading Matthew 28 and seeing that God has the authority and he's going with you doesn't give you confidence on the mission, hopefully reading the end of the story first will give you confidence on the mission because we're successful in this mission. This is, this is the mission. This is the mission of the church. And I, and I think as we, as we look in Scripture, you'll see as we read these letters, Galatians, Ephesians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, all of these Romans, you see these, these letters to all these churches in all these different areas that you see this is, this is the end goal. 
We're all pushing towards the same thing. We're all pushing on in the mission that Jesus has sent us on, to go and to make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them everything that that Jesus has commanded. And surely, he'll be with us to the very end of the age. Let's be confident in this mission. Jesus has the authority, and he's going with us. So let's go. Let's go. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word and just for, uh, just for this mission that you've sent us on, God. We know that, that this mission that you have sent us on is, on, on, it, on the surface, a pretty impossible mission. But God, we know that as we go with your authority and as we go with your presence, that we will be successful in this mission. God, I just pray this morning that we would just be, uh, that we would just kind of see this, see this mission as not just the church's mission, but for our own mission as well. That we would have a heart for the nations, that we would have a heart that is, that is ready to reach out. God, I just pray that as we continue to read scripture as well, that we would see this theme, this, uh, not only just of the church, but of the church on mission in the New Testament. And God, I just pray that you would speak to us through that, that you would allow us, as, we have, as we've seen these themes and these pieces in the old and the new, that they would just continue to just allow Scripture to just come alive in our lives. God, we love you. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Uh, I want to give you a blessing before we go, and uh, I'm going to do it today straight out of Scripture, uh, because... I, well, first of all, I forgot to do this when I was talking through Psalm 67, and I honestly, I'm consistent if nothing else. I forgot to do this in the video as well. So, uh, you know, I just want to read this blessing. This is where Psalm 67, the psalmist is coming from, it's coming from Numbers chapter 6, um, and uh, I just want to read this blessing. This is, Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, and this is the blessing I want to give to you as well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go with that peace and may you make a difference wherever you may find yourself this week. May it give you courage and just, just boldness as you go. In Jesus' name, amen.